coming up next on the Varsity Journal Podcast. If you're over the age of 10 and you're carrying something other than a pillowcase to collect your Halloween candy in, you're done. I'm done. You know? Then you are a straight up bitch. <laughs> okay? If you're over the age of 10 and you're, you got one of those fucking pumpkin head buckets, we are counting down the top 10 best Halloween candy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Varsity Journal Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Poirier, and this is episode 11. Uh, This is a very special episode, if you can tell by the intro music, uh, because for the first time ever in this podcast's history, we are going to have zero guests. Absolutely zero guests. It's going to be just me and you for the next, you know, half hour or hour because this is the Halloween episode. And, you know, I, I want you to treat this episode as if, you know, whether you're... This is the preparation to Halloween getting started, you know? So if, if you're getting ready to hand out candy or you're getting ready to go take your niece or baby cousin or whatever out for Halloween and you have me on in the background, then this is the perfect episode to listen to. Uh, So if you were, you know, just chilling out and watching Friday the 13th or whatever, Ghostbusters, and then you saw that, that, um, you know, I just uploaded this podcast, then it's time to turn that shit off. Because it's, it's now it's just me and you. Just me and you, baby. So uh, there will be a few uh, little, you know, Halloween themes in this episode. So stay locked in. Uh, but first things first, I turned 24 this past weekend. I spent my birthday in Ottawa and, you know, I got fucking turned. Um, and I, I have a story to tell you guys. And the story is... It's kind of funny. It's kind of stupid, but I just want to preface this story off by saying, um, there's a few other stories in here. You guys know me, you listen to this podcast, you know, I get sidetracked, but the main story here, the main thing that I want you to pay attention to is that, you know, while I tell you all of these things and I tell you about this entire night, bear in mind that the same Red Sox and Dodgers game three is on this entire time. Okay, so here's where the story starts off. This is where my night starts off. Um, so I go out to eat. Uh, there's this, um, you know, smoked barbecue uh, restaurant. Fucking amazing. If you're in Ottawa, go to the Smoke Shack. That place is amazing. Um, so go there for dinner. Made sure that uh, the baseball game was on. Made sure it was a restaurant that had the baseball game on. And, uh, you know, we're eating and we ordered so much food. So we're there maybe for about a good hour. And we we're going to go to a different bar. And, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I feel kind of bad. Um because this entire night, yes, it is my birthday, but the entire night just consists of my girlfriend watching me get pissed drunk and we have baseball on the entire time. So I'm thinking, hey, I can still get pissed drunk, but let's, uh, let's do, let's do something you want to do. Um, and you know, we both had kind of wanted to go see that new Halloween movie. So you know, the reboot of Halloween, Michael Myers, Jamie Lee Curtis, not fucking Michael Myers, the actor, but Michael Myers, the fucking villain. Uh, so we go, we agree that we're going to go see that. And, you know, I, I, I'm keeping, I'm, the party is, is still going, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to drink throughout the night. 
So we go to a bar that's like just across from the movie theater, order some drinks, uh, had gone to the beer store, so I already have beer for the movie. Um, and by the time we get to the theater, and this is, this is maybe about two, two and a half hours into the night, bear in mind, there's a fucking baseball game still going on. Uh, so by this time, by the time that we've, we're at the new bar, we already had watched, uh, up until like the sixth inning. And then we go to the movie theater. And by this time I'm pissed drunk. Uh, and you know, we're sitting down and I'm thinking, Hey, you know, this is going to be kind of fun. That's like, why, why don't people do that often? Why don't people get drunk and see movies often? And, and like, I'm kind of thinking in my head, I'm like, this could be a new thing. And then, you know, you'll hear by the end of this story, this is why, you know, I soon learned why people don't drink and go to movies. Um, because, you know, I, I got my buzz on and I, I, I feel like I don't think I know how fucking drunk I actually am. And it's like 10 minutes into the movie and I shamelessly take out, uh, my first beer that I had snuck in the movie theater and I crack it and you maybe, maybe it's like, I, I like, I chugged the beer and it was like 25 minutes into the movie. Um, and I think, I don't even know what happens after that. And all of a sudden <laughs> I wake up and it's like midway through the movie and I hadn't even realized that I was sleeping and someone's just like getting murdered on screen. And, uh, opened up my next beer, finished that, woke up and, uh, I woke up to somebody waking me up and it was my girlfriend being like, Hey, uh, we got to go. And the end credits are on. And I was like, Oh fuck. I just slept through this entire movie. Um, so, you know, I'm still, you know, still super drunk and we're in the Uber and, uh, we're almost home. And then it kind of dawns on me. I was like, Oh shit. Uh, we missed the baseball game and my phone is dead. So I don't, I don't even check the score of that. So when we get home, I turn on my computer or sorry, no, I, I had my computer still on for whatever reason because I was streaming the game beforehand. And the game is in the 14th inning. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? This was now like five, four and a half hours ago. I had done so much throughout the night and this game is still going on. And... uh you know, by this point, I'm like, yeah, let's let's watch the baseball game. I, I, ac I actually went out to go get another beer and I was stopped. I'm glad I was stopped because I did not need another beer. And I was two minutes from falling asleep uh, to the baseball game. Um, so I, I didn't even I didn't even see how it ended. But uh, yeah, the game, I guess I went to the 18th inning, finally ended. And, um, the Dodgers won. Obviously, that wasn't the inevitable result. Um, Red Sox came back and they won the next two games. And, uh, the world champs. So, congrats to the Red Sox. Dude, I knew, I knew that that was going to happen. Like, I had said on this podcast, I, it, whoever won that Red Sox and Astros, uh, ALCS was going to win. So, I wasn't surprised. Was I disappointed? Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't even hate the Red Sox. I, I, I like the Red Sox, but their whole, their whole fan base uh, is so annoying. You know, there's so many Red Sox fans who aren't from Boston, and, you know, that's fine. You do not have to be from the city. If, I don't cheer for any of the teams, my local teams, I don't cheer for fucking Leafs, anything. 
or Toronto anything. So if you want to be a Red Sox fan, go ahead, but holy fuck, how many of these fans just started becoming fans in, you know, 2004, 2012? I think that's I think the Red Sox won in 2012. I could be wrong. But you know, they have so many bandwagon fans. And you know, social media, I'm just looking at social media and you know, there's a lot of people I follow who there's no fucking way that they would have watched a Red Sox game mid-season. You know what I mean? I'm a Braves fan. Am I from Atlanta? No. But dude, I'm watching like I'm watching games mid-season at least. <laughs> you know, I can I can tell you the nine people who are on the field. I can tell you who's in their ball pen. Like, I hate, I hate when somebody, you know, they'll always say, yes, I'm. Ch- this is my team. This is who I cheer for. And you don't hear about them talk about that team even once throughout the season. Or, you know, years will go by and they'll never talk to you about even liking that team. But then all of a sudden that team gets into the finals of something. And once they're in the finals, then all of a sudden this fan will come out of the woodwork and they'll basically just be like, hey, remember, I'm a fan of this team. Let's go this team. And then they'll win the World Series or whatever. And it's like, dude, where, the, where were you? Where the fuck were you when, you know, mid-season? Like, you can't... You can't be a part-time fan. You can't be you can't just call yourself a fan and then you know you just use that as a crutch like, "Oh, hey, I've cheered for this team before." Okay, yeah, you've cheered for that team before when back when they won. And it's like I only ever see you post on social media about this team when they're in the finals of something. It's like, if you want to actually call yourself a fan, if you actually want to be a fan, post something on your social media mid-season. Post something on your social media at the beginning of the season. Post something on your social media in the off-season. Post something on your social media when they're losing. You can't only be this, this fan that comes out of the fucking woodwork every five years and is like, hey, my team is in the finals. You have to be a fan throughout the, the entire process of that team. You got to be there for the lows. You can't just be there for the highs. And I think that there's a lot, a lot of Red Sox fans who are like that. Uh, you know, I hate the Leafs so much, and you guys know this more than anything. But at least, you know, the Leafs, I know they don't win shit. Their fans are everywhere, always posting about fucking beginning of the season when they're favorites to win the cup, even even though they're definitely not looking like the favorites right now. Like, at least they're always posting, you know what I mean? As, an, as annoying as it is, at least that fan base is always around. And I just feel like, for whatever reason, the Red Sox fan base, who isn't those diehard fans that are closer to the game in Boston, I just these bandwagon fans, you never really hear from them. And so, yeah, you know, that, that, that's annoying to me. Uh, the only good part about this story, I think, is, you know, I was happy that J.D. Martinez won. And if you guys don't know J.D. Martinez, just look him up. This guy has, uh, he's got, he's got one, of the, one of the best stories, I think. I read an article about him, and he, he was on the Astros, the Astros lost complete faith in him. They dropped him. And, you know, then J.D. Martinez, is he's then, he, I think he's like 27 at this time, and he just becomes this guy that he's this free agent that nobody wants, nobody really cares about. He, you know, he, he's not getting offered that, that big-time money. He then spends his entire offseason investing in new hitting coaches, and he finds this new, uh, this new style to baseball, you know, there's, there's a lot of film in football, 
but there's not a lot of film that really goes into baseball. There's a lot of film in hockey too. Baseball is one of those things. It's like, it's one of those, you know, hundred year old sports and it's, it's just been the same way for a very long time. You know, if you know how to hit the ball, then that's how you hit the ball. You, you, you either can or you can't. But then J.D. Martinez, what he did, he, he just he watched how other people swung the bat. And there, was, there were these guys. Um, he went to this, like, broken down where These guys had run this, like, broken down warehouse. And they're reviewing film. And they're like, hey, J.D., something about uh, having the bat higher on the point of contact. And... J.D. Martinez, within three years, completely changes his swing. And by the age of 31 years old, he becomes the best baseball player in the MLB. You know, he becomes a candidate to win the AL MVP. And when you're, you know, he's in the prime of his career. They often say that, for baseball players, that's around the age of, you know, 29 to 31. That is the prime of your career. But it's like to reach that pinnacle, to reach that point, it's like you would have seen gradual improvement to get there. And if you look at the improvement of J.D. Martinez, it was like a spike. And very few times in um, in professional sports do you see a guy who becomes better and better the older they they get and for for JD Martinez to become an MVP at the age of 31 when you know nobody thought that he was going to reach that point in his career is pretty amazing so you know what that's that's my takeaway that's the only thing uh from the Red Sox winning that actually makes me happy um and other than that man it's it's on to the next season. Uh, you know, I got, I got my faith. I got faith in my Braves. I think that the Atlanta Braves are just going to keep getting better and better. And, um, you know, I, th- I think they're going to be even better next year. And, and yeah, hopefully if we face the Dodgers again in the playoffs, then, then we'll beat them. Uh, so keeping with, you know, I, I want this, the theme of this podcast to be, you know, like spooky and creepy. So I guess keeping with the theme of that, I got to tell you guys about this weirdo. I feel bad a little bit for calling him a weirdo, but this guy was weird. And this story was weird just because it made me feel so uncomfortable. Uh, this was about two days ago. I I went to Tim Hortons before I went to work. And, uh, you know, there was this homeless guy that had approached me. And, you know, I was... I had my ear, earphones in. I was listening to a podcast. This guy comes up to me and he says, hey, do you have any change? It's like, no, dude, I, I don't have any change. I, I don't have anything on me. I put my earphone back in and he's still talking to me. And it's like, what do I do at this point? I'm in a line. Like, do I just completely ignore him? I know that this guy's weird and he's looking at me weird. So it's getting engaging confrontation. He's like, oh, can you buy me something? Can you buy me a coffee? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll buy you a coffee. You know, it's like, I, I just woke up, right? Like, I don't want to be bothered. I'll buy this guy a fucking coffee if he just leaves me alone. And then this old lady in front of me, like, here's this conversation that I just had with this guy. And she takes out a fucking toonie. This woman is like 70 years old. And I saw her fiddling in her purse. And I thought that she was just going to give him money. And I would have been like, thank God, get this guy away from me. But she takes out a toonie and she gives it to me and she's like, buy him something to eat too. And it's like, fuck, I'm paying for Tim Hortons on my debit card. Don't have a lot of money to begin with. And I'm like, ugh, okay. So I take this homeless guy up to the counter like he's my fucking kid or something. And it's like, hey, buddy, what do you want? And he says to the girl, I'll get a coffee with six sugars and three creams. Huh? And then he's like, and I'll have a breakfast sandwich. Okay, buddy, hold on. Hold on a minute. When the fuck did I say I was buying you a breakfast sandwich? 
That lady gave me $2. You know, I actually told the lady, I said, first of all, don't get him a, I don't know why at this point that I just started being a dick. It was kind of uncalled for, but I was actually trying to save him a little bit. And I was like, listen, ma'am, don't get him a six sugar, three cream coffee. And I was like, dude, I can't, I'm not buying you a breakfast sandwich. Do you want a bagel? Do you want a muffin? And he's like, no, no, I, that's the kind I always get. And I was like, okay, this, now I feel bad at this point because, you know, maybe this guy has, has some other problems with him. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll buy this guy coffee. Um, and before that I was like, no, like just get him a double, double and and then he's like, no, that's the, that's the kind I always get. And I was like, okay, whatever. Just get him that. And then, uh, then it's, I'm getting mad thinking about this. That's, that's why I'm pausing. I'm getting mad. I'm thinking right now about how I should have responded and I should have just left. And then this guy's like, oh, can I have a breakfast sandwich too? And I was like, fuck, just buy him the breakfast sandwich. And at this point, I'm not even ordering anything. And the lady comes out and she brings two coffees. She brings the double-double and then she brings the six fucking sugar, three cream coffee that's going to give this guy an absolute heart attack. And he takes that one. And I was like, okay, don't need the double-double. I'll buy him a breakfast sandwich and the coffee. I just want to get the hell out of here. So I pay for it. The guy says, thank you. I just don't even respond. I just leave. And I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? And, you know, I'm thinking about this afterwards. And, like, before I even have time to, like, realize how I'm feeling, I I feel bad, you know. And throughout the day, like, throughout the whole day, my attitude is just kind of fluctuating between, you know what? Like, no, you know, this guy, he deserved it. This guy is a fucking pathetic homeless guy. And, you know, he, he just like mopes around asking people for shit. And it's like, that's, that's not how people should get things in life. But then part of me was like, you know, no, you know, I think we we need to help each other. And this guy might've had some like internal mental health issues. And maybe that's, what's prohibiting him from getting a job. And, you know, I'm just like fluctuating between those two thoughts and you know the one thought I'm just like no like this guy he's a just a fucking mopey mopey guy who just asks everybody you know for things and that's how he, he gets ahead in life but you know what this was the conclusion that I came with okay next time somebody asks me to get them a coffee with six sugars and three creams in it? They can get bent. And I don't care who they are. Because nobody needs six sugars and three creams in a medium-sized coffee. You know, my girlfriend was saying something about he needs the calories. You don't need six sugars, buddy. Because you're going to have a heart attack. And that's absolutely disgusting. So, you know, my suggestion is if he wants the calories, then go rob some children of their Halloween candy. And there, that, that's a great segue into our first top 10 for the evening. Uh, hey, this is a sports podcast, but I know that not everybody who listens to this podcast is necessarily a sports fan. And, you know, I've kind of catered this particular episode out to those people, uh, those, those other people, you know, I, I'm catering this out to everybody, um, because I've made this the Halloween special. So, um, you know, because this is the kind of day, October 31st, as kids, this day is so exciting because it means you get to go out, you get to, you know, be dressed as your favorite superhero or character from a movie or TV show, and you get to load up on Halloween candy. And for the next month, you have free reigns to just rot your teeth on all that candy. You've been eating healthy all, you know, you've been eating healthy for 11 months. You get one month to just rot your teeth. And your parents can't say shit because you've earned that candy. 
You've been eating your salads. You've been drinking your milk. Now you get some candy. And if you do have parents that take your Halloween candy and monitor it, you have evil, evil parents. My parents never did that. But I had friends, and I remember this, I'd go over to their house, and their parents would have their candy bags in their rooms. You know, and maybe this is what contributed to my binge eating habits. Because any time that I actually do buy any junk food, I will normally eat it within a day. And that's the reason that I don't buy that much junk food. (laughs) Trust me, guys. Not because I give a shit about my health. I just won't buy junk food because I know that it it will be a waste of money. If I buy a bag of Doritos, the odds that it lasts until the morning is slim. So if your parents monitor your candy, then what candy... Then what candy are you going to hide from them? That's my question. What is the hottest selling item? at the lunch table in school. You know, you remember these trades? The Snickers bar for the dots? Remember trading lunches in school? This is the time for that. November is the time for those trades. You gotta rip off your friends, man. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there. Gotta be in it for yourself. Um, So, without further ado... This is our first top 10 for the evening. We are counting down the top 10 best Halloween candy. So starting in at number 10 is Smarties. Listen, I know this will come as a surprise and a lot of people will be outraged and they will disagree with this. But for somebody like myself, who is a big binge eater, the Smarties are great. Trust me, I know that the Smarties are always the last candy that will be in your candy bag, and you'll eat all the other candies over the Smarties, but when you have like five boxes of Smarties left, you can just chug those bad boys. And I always remember that by the time that you get to the Smarties, you're like, hey man, these actually aren't that bad. Had I known how enjoyable it is to open this up, you know, you just open up the box and chug it like it's a milk carton, I would have done this earlier. At number nine, we have Laffy Taffy. You know, there's something special about Laffy Taffy. There's something Halloween-esque about Laffy Taffy. And that's that this is a candy that you wouldn't normally see at the store and you wouldn't normally have the opportunity to have. And I could be wrong, but I feel like they only sell the big ones in the States. And even if it were available in Canada, it's probably not something that is an essential go-to candy when you go to the store because there's definitely better candies on the shelf. But come Halloween time, the Laffy Taffy is always around. And it's one of those novelty items because it has that special... Halloween feeling to it Which is the fact that this is one of the few times that you actually get the opportunity to have it Coming in at number eight. We got the classic rockets. The rockets are another Go-to that you only really ever have come Halloween time Uh, Here's my little problem that I have with the rockets They kind of make them shittier is that you always get so many of them and then they become old pretty quick You know, they just get boring. You know, just like the Smarties, you can binge eat this candy. You know, you can just open up the bag and chug them. Throw them all in your mouth at once. And as a kid, when you normally wouldn't have the opportunity to do that, it's pretty awesome. Uh, Coming in at number seven. Okay, I got to explain this one. But this is, it's the juice box or the pop can. Okay, this is an item that will definitely surprise you. But let me explain to you the golden reward of the juice box. This, you know, this is actually one that's more so for the older kids. You know, once you get a little older and, you know, these are the kids who spend a little longer out trick-or-treating. You know, maybe this is for the grade 7s or the grade 8s. 
But, you know, once it gets a little later in the night and, you know, you and your friends have been lugging down the streets trick-or-treating for what feels like hours upon hours, homes will eventually run out of candy. And this is where parents need to start getting clever with what they're dishing out because they fear the older kids will eventually just start egging their house if, A, they, you know, don't have anything to give, or B, they'll give you something shitty like an apple. So if you throw the juice box or the pop can in there, you, my friend, have found a landmine, a very good landmine. And it might sound shitty on paper, but after you've been trick-or-treating for hours, the juice box or the pop can is a life supply. So once you get that in your bag, you're in heaven, because by this point, you're probably thirsty as hell. At number six, we have dots. Okay, dots is something that you would never eat if it wasn't Halloween. And I would never even consider eating dots. But this is the reason why I have dots in at number six. You know what? <laughs> the more that I see my list and I try and rationalize these candies, I'm realizing that every candy is a quote-unquote binge candy. And I think it's just me who is a disgusting kid and binge ate everything. But... Dots were those gummy candies, and you would get quite a bit of them in your bag, but they were pretty fucking good. And something that definitely lacks in the candy department around Halloween is anything gummy related. Uh, number five, we have nerds. You know, you guys already know what I'm going to say about this one. Yeah, you can open up the box and you can fucking chug them and binge them and yeah, I'm gross, okay? How did I not end up getting to be 300 pounds if I'm just binge eating every candy that I'm getting at Halloween. Um, okay, guys, now we're getting into the Hall of Fame territory. Halloween of Fame, ooh, that's pretty good. That might be the name of this episode, Halloween of Fame. Uh, these are the candies that are considered the best of the best, these top four candies. Um, at number four, M&Ms. You know, honestly, anything M&M flavored is good. Whether you get the peanut butter M&Ms or you get the milk chocolate M&Ms, that seems to be the popular choice when it comes down to Halloween. Uh, but either one, either one you get, you've hit the jackpot if you have if you get M&Ms in that bag. Okay, so now we're getting to the top three. This was a tough one because for number three and number two, this is what went down. It was a hard pick to make, and. It's hard to be unbiased. And I try to be unbiased about this entire list. Because this really depends which chocolate bar you like best. And hands down, the chocolate bars that I have at number three and number two, these are the best chocolate bars in the world. It's these two chocolate bars and then it's everything else. They, you know, any other chocolate bar can't hold a candle to these motherfuckers. And this choice... For me, it was tough, but at number three, we have the Mars bar. Uh, you know, speaks for itself, man. As much as I love the Mars bar, it doesn't beat what I have at number two, and that's Snickers. Um, this is a preference thing for me, man. And, you know, I know that there's going to be a lot of people who are pissed about this decision. And some of you might have even already turned the podcast off because you're so pissed. And you, maybe you've already decided that you will never listen to this again. But hey, man, Snickers rules. That was a hard choice, but I had to do it. Um, but hey, can we, let's, here's we all, where we all come together. We're all coming back together now. Because this is the unanimous choice coming in at number one for the best Halloween candy on the map. Reese's motherfucking peanut butter cups, dude. Are you kidding me? When it comes down to the gold... The gold medal Halloween candy, it's Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. No questions. This isn't a debate. We don't even have to get into it. If I got at least five of those in my in my bag, I'd be happy. And, and hey, listen, I'm saying bag. Because if you're over the age of 10, and you're carrying something other than a pillowcase to collect your Halloween candy in, you're done. I'm done, you know? Then you are a straight-up bitch. <laughs> okay? you're over the age of 10 and you're you got one of those fucking pumpkin head buckets you're three years old if you got one of those pumpkin head buckets um <laughs> but anyways there it is that is the top 10 best halloween candies on the map
Um, so yeah, all right. Let's let's get back a little bit into sports. Um, man, you know what the most difficult part about doing this podcast without a guest is? The fact that I don't get a single break. I don't even get a water break. But hey, I can go on all night. I don't care. Um, I'm just sitting here in my room speaking into a mic about Halloween candy and baseball and weird people at Tim Hortons. And if I wasn't doing this, I would probably just be playing video games or something. Hey, actually, you know what? Uh, Before I do get into my next topic, I want to play something for you. Uh, I want to play this clip for you. Um, There's a couple of things that I haven't talked about yet on this podcast that I've wanted to talk about for a while. Uh, I've never talked about video games and because there's a lot of talk, there's a lot about this issue that I do want to talk about. And I'm going to save this for another episode because, you know, right now, the nature that video games are in is kind of fucked up. And you would think that as time goes on with technology getting better and better, video games would be getting better and better too, but they're not. They're 100% getting worse. You know, Fortnite is supposedly the biggest game on the planet right now, and everyone loves it. But to me, I've played the game before. Like, I don't think it's fucking amazing. You know, the game is so technologically inadvanced. It's like we're going back in time. And, you know, you want to talk about the nature of sports games. Those are the only games I play. And every sports game is monopolized. And the games aren't actually getting better because there's zero competition that these game developers have to face. So in fact, video games are actually getting worse and I feel like I should get into all of this another time and I should probably just devote an entire episode to it because there's a lot more that I do have to say about this topic. Um, Another thing that I haven't talked about yet on the podcast is one of the podcasts that I am very influenced by. This podcast that you're listening to itself is very influenced by um, this podcast that I listen to, and it was I've been influenced enough by this podcast to start my very own, um, and that was Chris D'Elia's podcast. He does his own podcast. Uh, he he doesn't have any guests on the show, and he you know he, dude this guy's able to do just an hour of just talking, and he makes it so funny and enjoyable. And I often listen to it, and I'm like yeah yeah you know. I could do this, or I could also talk about my childhood for 20 minutes and make it funny and enjoyable, and then it gets time to do it, and my podcast material is nowhere close to as funny and enjoyable as his, uh, but I don't have nearly the same amount of listeners, not that that matters, um, but it just you know kind of goes to show that being interesting for an hour is super hard. And I don't think I've mastered that part down yet because I, I think I think parts of this show uh, are interesting, but that's just a tiny bit out of every hour, 50 minutes or however long these things are. Um, you know, it's just hard to make the entire thing an interesting start uh, episode start to finish. And so, yeah, that's probably just something I need to work on. Um Anyway, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I think one of the best and most funniest podcasts I listen to is Congratulations, which is the podcast done by comedian Chris D'Elia. Dude, this guy is so fucking funny, and if you haven't listened to his podcast, you need to. But there was something that he said on his show this past week that was so accurate and so funny about what I was just talking to you about regarding video games and the way that video games have become, and... This is the way that I have felt for a very long time about video games, and I just haven't really been able to put that into words. So here is the clip from uh, Chris D'Elia that I was just talking about. Shit like that. Um, I like kind of watching people play video games. Kind of. I don't want to play. But, like, the second you got to talk to another character in a video game, it's like, I don't give a fuck. It's like, all right, we got to go talk to him, see what he has to say. Nah, I want to shoot him in the head. I want to, you know? The second games got to, like, 
when there was the, the games that started to be like, ah, but don't make a noise or you'll alert the guy. Like, get the fuck out of here. I want to jump on someone's head and then fucking transport to another world. Hey, don't make a noise. You might not want to use your gun for this one because then you'll alert all the other guards. Slide down the pole and tiptoe over and then choke them out. Hey, dude, this is a video game. I don't want it to be like how it would actually have to be for me if someone kidnapped my daughter and girl. You know? Now, but this is really what it's like for the fucking ball players. You got to fucking take a few s- cuts on the on-deck circle to warm up. It helps. <laughs> yeah, like, that was so accurate. And the funniest thing about it is how accurate it is. The first game, the first thing that he was describing was exactly how, you know, this game called Watch Dogs. That's exactly what it is. You know, Watch Dogs was this game. It came out after Grand Theft Auto and it got a lot of buzz um, while it was being made. And then when people actually started playing it, you know, when the game finally came out, they realized that the game wasn't about shooting other people and it was about being a sneaky fucking spy kind of thing, you know? And then it was then it was over. All the all the buzz was over. People stopped caring because you know it wasn't like Grand Theft Auto where you're shooting someone in the face. Um, you know the other thing he was talking about that was so funny. You know where sports games, it's like you know practice your swinging before you can actually step up to the plate. And it's like what? Why would I want to do that? Um, and. This was like me last year. After the, the new Madden game came out last year, they had this new story mode. And they had advertised it as this story that you, you know, you're this guy and you're growing up and you're playing in high school and you got to work your way up to achieving your dreams and playing in the NFL. And I swear to God, two minutes into this story mode, I'm outside playing catch with dad in the game. I'm, I'm not joking. My character was like this four-year-old little boy and I was on the street in the game pressing the A button to throw to dad. I was like, uh, what is this? I want to be tackling people and shit in the NFL. I don't care about throwing it to dad. So I turned it off. <laughs> anyway, speaking of the NFL, this was the next topic I was eventually going to get into at some point uh the trade deadline was yesterday and there was a few trades of note uh Demarius Thomas went to the Texans Ty Montgomery went to the Ravens uh ha 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 Clinton Dix went to uh the Redskins I know his name's not ha 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 uh uh earlier in the week Amari Cooper got traded to the Cowboys so yeah it was it was couple trades but it you know it's not an actual trade deadline like the trade deadlines in NHL or MLB where there's a whole day devoted to trading players and crazy shit happens you know it's just it's like three or four trades um and I've never really understood why there are never really trades in the NFL like there are in you know NHL and NBA and MLB and then I was watching the NFL network and there's this guy on there breaking it down and he broke it down beautifully. And basically this is why, you know, there's just so many new things that you have to learn in football that once you get to a new team, it's so difficult for players to actually make that transition. You know, that's the one thing that all NFL players say after they get cut by a team, you know, um, and that's that they had to hand in their playbook. Uh, and, and that's always been like, kind of like the less harsh way of saying you got cut by a team or for a coach, you know, it's the less harsh way of saying you're cut. We don't want you on this team. You know, they say, we need your playbook. Um, and that playbook for people like me who have never played the game of football, opening it up would be like reading advanced mathematics or, you know, (laughs) reading a different language because the shit on there is so hard to understand and it amazes me how these football players don't get more credit than they do. Um, 
because I think football players are definitely the smartest athletes from any sport, hands down. You know, you can pair them with hockey players, it's a no-brainer. You know, there's kind of a stigma of hockey players being, you know, a little dopey. But, you know, when it comes to the actual, and I think that is, you know, because when it comes to the actual IQ needed to be a hockey player, you know, hockey IQ, you know, it's not the same as football IQ. You know, you can still be kind of dumb as bricks as a person, but be one of the best players in the world. Um, that often doesn't happen. Often best players in the world aren't dumb as bricks because they don't make very smart career choices. Um, so that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying Connor McDavid is as dumb as bricks. Uh, but this is what I'm saying. For a football player like you know Aaron Rodgers, for instance, he has to... You know, if, if he wasn't able to understand these, you know, complex concepts and pick up schemes and gaps and understanding football language and applying that on the field in this super fast-paced setting, then he'd fail, you know? So I just think that football players deserve the credit of being able to ultimately speak a different language. And that's something that not a lot of people talk about, and it's something that not a lot of people understand, you know? Oh, there's a sport out there where you have to understand a different fucking language? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not for me. Um, But anyway, back to whatever the hell I was talking about before. Um, The only player of note that I can think of that was traded midseason that had a real impact on a team in the NFL was last year when the 49ers traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, that opinion might be a little biased. But if you think about it, he got traded... Um, they weren't even going to use him at first because as a new quarterback, there was a whole playbook he had to learn. And as smart and talented as Jimmy G is, it still took him weeks and weeks of mastering this playbook before he could get the starting job. And then when he did come in, uh, they went 5-0. and So yeah, football players are both the smartest athletes and probably some of the scariest athletes as well. So, once again, keeping up with the Halloween theme, let's talk about the scariest athletes of all time. We're not going to do a countdown this time uh, because I don't have enough time and because there are athletes out there that are scary for different reasons. So you can't just go 10 to 1. Uh, So cue the music. Let's start with a guy who has opposing players literally shivering in their sleep at night. Since week one of NFL last season, uh, this guy has delivered time and time again, and I had to face him in fantasy last week, and every time he had the ball, I was fucking terrified because he has the ability to take it in for a touchdown any time he touches the ball. And the guy I'm talking about is Todd Gurley, running back from the LA Rams. Through eight games, he has 11 rushing touchdowns, four receiving touchdowns. He has netted over 1,100 yards. This guy might as well be Freddy Krueger because he's haunting defensive coordinator dreams all over the league. Defensive coordinator's dreams all over the league. This guy's a nightmare. Um, see what I did there? Nightmare on Elm Street? Uh, anyway. Next guy on the list is Craig Kimbrell, closer for the Boston Red Sox. This guy throws in at the high 90s. He's never blown a save in the playoffs. He just won himself a World Series, and he was lights out in this World Series, I might add. But the most threatening part about Craig Kimbrell is how he stares you down while you're in the batter box. For those who don't know, just Google search Craig Kimbrell stance to see how he stands while he's on the pitching mound. This is a guy from Huntsville, Alabama. Probably grew up shooting guns all of his life. And imagine him staring you down like he's going to cut you up in a million pieces. Then throws a 99 mile per hour fastball two inches away from your fucking head. The only, you know, the only, this is the only non-threatening thing about Craig Kimbrell is the fact that he walks out to the song Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. Up next on this list 
is Tuka Rask. Most goalies are known for being weird and oddly emotional. You know, for guys who can be so composed and in the zone, the most little things can set them off. But none more than Tuka Rask. This guy's been known for his meltdowns, and there are clips of him on YouTube where he throws a stick across the ice, nearly hits one of his own players in the fucking face. And I, you know, I have Tuka on this list, but he's just a scapegoat for all these goalies. For all these other goalies, you know, any goalie could have been added to this list. Because, you know, just the smallest of things can set them off. Uh, look up the video of Curtis Joseph, for instance. And I think he takes out a ref and sends him on his ass after a goalie interference goes uncalled. Um, next on the list, we have... This is the last guy. Last but not least, we have Habib Nurmagomedov. I mean, what else is there to say about this guy? He's a Dagestanian fighter, 27-0. Grew up fighting bears as a kid. Mauls his opponents, talks shit, talks shit to them the whole time. He's bashing their face in. You saw what he did to Conor McGregor. And then after that, jumped over the cage, beat the shit out of McGregor's training partner. So, nothing else needs to be said about that guy. Uh, and yeah, that's it. That is the list of terrifying athletes. I could have named several more, but I'm fucking sick of this. I'm sick of doing this. I gotta get to work. Um, hey, I know you guys are gonna be pissed about the whole candy thing. Only because that's just a dumb thing to be mad at. So obviously that will be the one thing that everyone actually does get pissed about. But hey, this was fun, man. Uh, if there are any other candies that I missed, let me know. If there were any other terrifying athletes out there that I missed, let me know. Um, what is it? Today's October 31st, obviously. Tomorrow's November 1st, man. I'm going to shave off this uh, this beard. And we're doing this the big gross stash uh, all month. And we're going to do that to support um, uh, testicular cancer patients all across the world. Um, so I will... Post some weekly updates of, of my gross mustache throughout the month. Um, so yeah, be safe this Halloween, everybody. Don't be weird. Don't hand out those cookies that you've... Don't hand out baked cookies. Don't hand out unwrapped candy. Don't be weirdos, guys. Happy Halloween, everybody. Thank you for listening. Peace.